Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Boop, 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 boop. We are back, baby. We are back before a two-week sabbatical, unfortunately. The uh, cookie pod boys. Let's just say we've got fingers in pies. That's all we'll say. But yeah, two weeks with no pods after this. Just just joking. Uh, we're all actually going on our, our holidays, taking a well-deserved two weeks, aren't we, Jim? Yeah, certain, certain members of the podcast are going scouting um, across the waters. So, you know, we'll be back better than ever when we do come back. But for now, just a bit all over the place. So obviously on Zoom tonight and then just, just a mini, mini, um, mini break. Yep, Stan's actually going to be joining us a little bit later. He is currently filming Homes Under the Hammer with Dion Dublin at the moment. So he's going to try and get him on as a pod guest. But if that falls through, at least, Jim, he'll get some DIY experience at the end of the day. Yeah, Dion Dublin, a man of many talents. He can he can say the yield of your house and he can also score a header if needed. But we're back. We're not away yet. City versus Liverpool. Massive title decider at the weekend. And we're nowhere but where we started, Jim. We're right back in the same place, on as even, the same amount of points apart. But after this game, I'm going to ask who, Jim, is going to feel the pressure more, City or Liverpool, into this title race? Oh, good question. Um, I don't know. The pressure's still on them both, really. It's, I think it'll be a case of whoever plays first that weekend, so if City were to win on a 12.30 Saturday and Liverpool play three hours later, pressure would be a bit on Liverpool they're thinking we need to win now because they'll definitely be watching each other's results from here on now despite what they will say in the post-match press where they'll go oh, I'm not watching the City game I'm not watching Liverpool how do they get on they're definitely watching um, but yes yesterday um, was a game build they're like one of the best games in, in Prem like history like one of the closest most important games to decide a title between maybe two of the best sides the league's ever seen and when they build games up so much you kind of go into it fearing the worst and it's going to be a drab nil-nil and there's not going to be much quality because that usually does happen on a Super Sunday but it was anything but that it was punch for punch and I think they are just the two best teams in the world and I would go as far as saying the two best teams at any one time in Premier League history Ooh Big statement made by Jim, but he's a man that's watched a lot of football. And I actually said to Dunny this weekend, I was like, I'm very excited for this game as a neutral. Obviously, the title's gone for us and it's going to be City or Liverpool that wins it. But I was very much looking forward to this game. And the last thing I wanted, and I think obviously it's all well good to say this, but the neutral didn't want a nil-nil, but like you said, feared it. And when they went punch for punch like this, both teams to score well early. And then the Martin Tyler said, both teams tend to score in this fixture. Well, expect nothing different. It was the same score line as what it was in Anfield earlier on in the season. And you literally can't separate these teams, can you, Jim? No, it's the finest of fine margins. It's two elite coaches with two elite teams just battling out. And like you say, the fine margins and the little bits of magic will decide the game, maybe some mistakes. And I think... When you watch watch the scenes at the end when Pep and Klopp in, embraced um, rather weirdly with the hardest handshake you, you'll see, um, it's just it's just two managers who are probably exhausted. But I think like for me, what it like all the ones looking back, well, they probably dreaded watching the game because it's like I hope we don't lose it at the end because this would just be a disaster. 
it just thought, oh, like, what a game that was. And, like, we both did. They, they complement each other so well when they play each other because Liverpool will have that high line and so clinical up front. But I think City showed the quality, um, especially in the first half. Yeah, especially in the first half. City had Liverpool really rumbled at some points in that game where Liverpool were acting very un-Liverpool, uh, just like cheaply giving the ball away, not being able to get out of their own half. And I think I think it might have been around the same time Sterling had his chance, then you scored, then they scored, and then City went through a spell when it was 1-1 of relentless pressure against Liverpool. And I think if that was going to be the time where Liverpool lost the game, it was definitely going to be in that first half because I don't know what Klopp said to him at half-time because they come out with a rocket on their half second half. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think I think before the game, um, as a City fan, I'd have took the two all because obviously we, we stayed top of the league. We stayed a point ahead of him with our hardest fixture played, which is against Liverpool. Um, but watching the game, I, I think City could have been could have run away a bit in the first half. Uh, um, there's a few... The XG actually had Liverpool slightly ahead, but the amount of time City got in behind and the final pass just wasn't there. I was just blocked. Or, like I say, we had one goal that went in from, I think, Foden scored and there was a foul just before it. Still, obviously scored and there was a VAR check for offside. Um, but in the first half, there's a lot of chances where City could have... If they made a two-goal lead, I think they'd have won it and I think they would have won the title yesterday. So, I think Liverpool will actually be happy with the draw after just watching the first half performance. Yeah, like I said before, very un-Liverpool-like uh, from them in the first half. And they were, it did look like, like Pep said, two teams really going for it. A really good advert. Uh, sorry, a really good advert for the Premier League as well. And probably one of the best draws that I've seen in, in Premier League history, you could say. It was like a basketball match at times. It was literally just like end-to-end, 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 which is obviously why the Prem's as good as it is. But do you think... Now, Jim, both these sides win all the games going into the last day of the season. I actually do. I just think they build differently than other title te- winning teams. Um, Gary Neville was saying at the end of his game on his podcast that when he was in this business in the season, was in Fergie's sides and United were chasing, maybe in Arsenal or Chelsea, that Fergie would get him in the dressing room and say, listen, lads, these will drop points at some point. And he did, he did tend to happen. But City and Liverpool have done it over the past four or five seasons where City won 14 games in a row, Liverpool have won 18 games in a row here. City have done the same. It's I wouldn't put it past both teams to win all seven games. And I think on paper, Liverpool's fixtures are harder. Um, but I think a lot of that is emotion-wise because the, the two of the hard games that are being built are Everton at home and United at home. And if anyone watched Everton versus United on Saturday morning, they'll tell you that was one of the lowest quality games you'll see. It was like the, the contrast between that and Liverpool City game was massive. Um, I think the game that will trouble Liverpool maybe is, um, is Spurs. They're playing really well at the minute. But yeah, I, I, I think both teams will win all seven and they'll be separated by a point, which is which is a cruel mistress again for Liverpool, but another exhilarating title race. Yeah, it's mad. And just looking at the fixtures there, just got Liverpool's up. I, I see, obviously, they, they play Man United at home, Newcastle um, Newcastle United away from home, and then that Spurs game at home. I think they're the ones that, that I think will be the ones where they could potentially drop points. And the good thing about 
this fixture, especially for the fans in the neutral, you get to do it all again this weekend, Jim. FA Cup semi-final on Saturday. Um, do you think this game has the same intensity as the league game, given the fact that it's a semi-final, or do you think that it's just impossible to keep that level? I'd be surprised if it was a game as good as that. But then I just think these teams push each other so well and so much that they will end up just bringing the best out of each other. Um, but I think from a fan's point of view, it'll be one of them where if they lose, it's not catastrophic. Um, I think they can, I think weirdly, I don't really like to say this because you should never be not bothered about your team losing an FA Cup semi-final. But it, I just think it doesn't really compare to losing the game yesterday. One team was to lose. I think they can live with not winning the FA Cup, which is mad, I think, because they should still, this is a massive trophy in my eyes. And both teams, City haven't won loads historically, and Liverpool haven't won loads recently, really, for how good they've been. They haven't got as many trophies as that team should have, I don't think. Uh, mainly because of City. But. Yeah, a really exciting time for English football. Like you said earlier, it's a great advert for the Premier League because we get to watch it all again next week and you wouldn't put it past them to meet you in the Champions League final and that could be one of the greatest finals in Champions League history if, if they were to meet and they were to play like they did yesterday. Welcome back, listeners. It is that time of the week. You know what that music means. It is bet of the week. So get your ears pricked because I have a winner for us all because there's not many games left. So we're going to start off in the half 12, Tottenham Hotspur versus Brighton. I'm going to go for Tottenham Hotspur win and under 2.5 goals in that one. Moving on to Old Trafford, Man United versus Norwich. I'm going to go Man United to win to nil in that one. Southampton versus Arsenal at St. Mary's. I'm going to go both teams to score in that one. And then last but not least, Watford versus Brentford at Vicarage Road. I'm going to go for a Brentford win. Make it three on the spin for Thomas Frank. So just to recap the bet of the week, early kickoff, Spurs, Brighton, under two and a half and Tottenham win. Man United versus Norwich. We'll go Man United to win to nil. Arsenal versus Southampton, just both teams to score. And then Watford versus Brentford, we're going to go for a B's away win at Vicarage Road, potentially condemning Watford to the championship, dot, 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 again. So, Jim, what can the listeners do with that information that I've just passed on to them? They can't show it at the Rackers. Boom. Okay, so welcome back, listeners. We, uh, we previously alluded to a certain quality of game between Everton and United. And, and to be fair, actually, since the last podcast, Cook, we've had a lot of football. We've had um, the Everton-Burnley game midweek. We've had, obviously, the first Champions League game, which we might discuss later if we get a bit of time. Um, but Everton-Burnley, Burnley obviously winning that one 3-2, which dragged Everton right into a relegation squad, which made this really possible. But within the space of three or four days, Cook, the tables have switched again Everton got home to United beat them 1-0 and Norwich beat Burnley 2-0 which means that the um, the gap is now four points cut are Everton safe? No <laughs> I'm sorry Everton fans but it's just when you think someone's down they're not and, and that's the prem for you it's it's crazy. I mean, it's hard to even say at this point that Norwich are down after they beat Burnley at the weekend. <laughs> they surely are down, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
But there's seven games left. Norwich are a point behind Watford. I'm pretty sure they're both going down. I'm pretty sure that both those boys that play in yellow are going down. <laughs> but <laughs> no correlation or whatever, but change your own kits. Um, it's a trend. <laughs> it is a trend. <laughs> but no Everton aren't safe. And this was a, a massive win against United. And it's just, like I said, when you think someone's down, they're not. And Burnley now are in big trouble. <laughs> I know they, they were always in big trouble, but we, we fancy Burnley with their experience at this level and in this time of the year at this part of the table that they're going to get always just get a way out, kind of like what Wigan did year after year after year before their inevitable relegation. But I think Leeds have turned a corner. I think Newcastle have turned a corner. I think Brentford have turned a corner. And I think that other teams have just, they've just stalled, to be honest with you. Everton... Still, I know they've just beat United, but they need to pick up points. And this was a fixture against United where they probably weren't going to get anything from. So they need to be very happy with that and go to Leicester. Sorry, Leicester come to them midweek next week, I think it is. Um, So that'd be a huge game for them as well. Yeah, the games are just going thick and fast. Like Burnley were probably on such a high after that win Wednesday night. And then matter of three days later on a Saturday the the, the back thinking oh, Everson just won that game now we've got so much pressure on us against Norwich um, but yeah like you said I do agree with you the way you've assessed the, the bottom of the table there I think it's now between Everson and Burnley for that um, third place that goes down into the championship and there's a bit of mind games on Wednesday night Cook and um, what did you think of Sean Dyche's comments about Sir Frank Lampard saying I don't think these lads know how to win a game Um so that was a massive win for Frank Lampard on Saturday, just in that respect. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, I did watch some of this game and I understand what Dyche meant because Everton should have had that game killed off at half-time. They were rubbish Burnley and Everton should have 100% won that game uh, against Burnley. So I, I do like that from Dyche that he's almost challenged Everton to win and Unfortunately for Stan, he's he's probably entering the chat at the wrong time now. But um, but yeah, they they obviously beat Man United at the weekend. Uh, one of the worst teams on form in the league, being Everton at this moment in time. And challenge accepted from Frank to uh, Sir Sean Dyche, it would seem, Jim, because they yeah. battled against the worst team in the league this weekend. Yeah, Lampard was giving it the big at the end. Now I think maybe them comments were part of the reason why he was celebrating so much better relief maybe three points finally come his way but yeah Burnley in the game which they probably had to win Stan welcome to the podcast Woo. Oh, um, oh. do you think we, we just kind of discussed if Burnley and Everton are outside of each other now they got four points but do you think Burnley can pull this back or was that was that the ice was that a bit of a dagger that got lost against Norwich um, yeah obviously it's not a you know, they are bottom of the table, so it's not a game that you want to be losing. But I, I don't think it's over yet. I think um, Everton have still got a hard run of fixtures. I think there's probably another, a couple of twists and turns between now and the end of the season. And I wouldn't, um, I, I definitely wouldn't put my house on Everton staying up from right this moment. No, I mean, there's still, what, seven, eight games to go. I mean, that's a lot of points still to be won. So you never know. You never know. I wouldn't, um, yeah, I wouldn't put it past Aishi. I hope they managed to stay up though. But um, yeah, who knows? Big blow at the weekend. Yeah, and if um, if Everton do go down, um, Cook, do you do you think do you think the board will stick with Lamps? I th- I, f- 
I think the boards stick with Lamps. It's more, I think, Lamps probably not thinks it's beneath him, but I, I think if they did get relegated, I don't think you can solely say as an Everton fan that this is Frank Lampard's fault because the damage was done before he got in the door. They should have made the change long before it happened, before they sat beneath as It was a long time coming in. It was very much a uh, poison chalice and the impossible job for him, but just shows how out of touch Everton are at the moment. They've they made the choice very late, but let's just hope it's not too late for their sakes that they stay up. I know a, lo- a lot of people... Um, in the northwest, would like Everton to get relegated. I'm not one of them, really. I'm not really that asked about Everton, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, but there was a bit of a divide in the cast, Dan, uh, on the way to the Trafford Centre on Saturday. I said, I hope Everton beat United today, just to solidify the top four that they're not there. And three out of the four members of the cast said they'd rather uh, Everton get relegated than United not get top four. Well, it's it's fair enough to be fair. I mean. It, Somebody could have told the United players on Saturday that if we won, we would have gone fourth. I mean, that would have been good, judging by our performance. So I think uh, you four in the car were probably talking more about going fourth than the whole United team was before the game, <laughs> by the look of the performance. Um, it was yeah. in the car with Matic, Lingard and Pogba. <laughs> yeah, Matic, Legend. Lingard and Mar- Martial must have been there as well. I bet he was one that said he'd rather Everton go down. Um, he was on the other side of the road. <laughs> walking no doubt um, yeah it's um, it's I'd quite enjoy everything going down just because it, it's it's funny isn't it and it's a new thing and they've never gone down and uh, you know I'm sure there'd be a bit of a fire sale and it'd be interesting to see what happens but obviously I'm, I'm massive have, have you spoken about Everton I don't know if you've even spoken about them yet because I've only just joined give us your team yeah, yeah so obviously massive win for them on Saturday Um like I say, I mean, it looked to me that there was only one team that kind of knew their situation because, I mean, had United had won, we would have gone fourth. And especially with West Ham and Arsenal losing, we would now, I think, we'd be sat fifth, three points off Spurs on the same games played, which, you know, with seven games to go, like I've said about Burnley and Everton, there's still a lot of points to be won. But um, United seems to have thrown the towel in. I think, you know, the situations with Ollie leaving, um, Rangnick coming in now you've got all this news about Eric Ten Hag coming in it seems like the players have just kind of have thrown the towel in and Everton haven't you know despite that massive loss in the midweek against Burnley you know this game was was a game that they had to win and you know in these last hour of many games they've got at home they're going to have to win all of them really to you know push themselves away from Burnley and you know keep that is it four or five point gap so I thought they played really well like I say I mean I was watching it I was I was laughing. I mean, just the fact that um, just just the level of the two teams made me laugh, and the fact that had United won, we could go fourth is, isn't you know isn't isn't a great look for the league considering the level of our performance over the last well over the season. Really, I can probably count on one hand how many Premier League games I've watched and gone. We played well there. Um, yeah, you know, even now we're I think we're only four or five points off fourth still, and you, you know we've got Arsenal to play. Um, you know, if somebody wants to tell the players that, you know, we could get Champions League football next season, then, uh, you know, you, you never know. But they, they, they seem to have thrown the towel in. I think they've given up on Ralph if he ever had them anyway. And I think they're all probably looking at next season with the preseason. But from Everton's point of view, again, you know, brilliant win. Um, fortunate goal. I don't think they created much at all in the game, really. And, you know, with Harry Maguire, it rains, it pours. There's nothing really he could have done. It would have come off most defenders, that really. Uh, he's standing yeah. near Calvary. 
Um, yeah, he had the first ball at the national as well on his on his bet. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he, he, he probably, uh, yeah, scored no goal, and then, uh, yeah, the first horse that fell was probably his as well. So, yeah, it rains, it pours for Harry Maguire. It's, it's one of them. It, it's, it's you know, it hits off him. There's not a lot he can do, and there's definitely not a lot De Gea can do. Um, you know, despite my uh, dislike for him, but. Yeah, United, United have thrown the towel in. I think the players have. I think Ralph is probably half-arsed about it because he knows he isn't going to be there. The, the fans, you know, there wasn't many United fans I knew before the game that I'd seen that were like, this is a game we'd win. I think we'd all kind of agreed that this was a game that the best we get out of it is a draw because, you know, what we've seen from United is when we come up against teams that want it more than us, they tend to beat us. Um, and Everton did so fair play to them and they're, uh, they fully deserve the three points, I'd say. I don't think any arguments with that. It's just... Yeah, bring on uh, the away trips to Azerbaijan and uh, Mustafa next season and that in the Conference League. Hey, if you look well, at well, uh, well, I, well, I would love nothing more. Just just throwing it out, I would love nothing more than to finish eighth and not have Europe next season. But yeah, <laughs> well. Well, looking ahead to next season, I'm just going to quickly, before we go on to our next segment, I just want a one-name answer from both of you, for both clubs. Because we had the savages of the elite top six of the Premier League looking at Burnley and Everton and thinking, if these do go down, one player from each team who you think will instantly be signed to play back in the Premier League? Cook, you first. I think for Everton, I think it will be Richarlison. He wouldn't be my pick. My pick, personally, would be DCL. But I think Richarlison has a lot of value, especially abroad. And then for Burnley, I am 100% taking Max Corney from them because I think he's a really good player. Interesting. Stan? Um, yeah, I'm taking Calvert-Lewin. I think most Prem clubs would take him, to be fair. Maybe all of them, apart from the top two, would, would have them in the squad, at least. Um, you know, he's been crap this season, worn more skirts and whatever, you know, and uh, he's not fit to wear the skirt. Um, wore more bras and he scored goals and whatever people want to say on Twitter. But um, I think people forget the season before, you know, how, how good he was. It seemed like the, there was a period where he just scored in every game. If Everton scored, you looked and he, he scored it. So DCL stopped a lot of the season, moment. Stan? How was well, this season? It's been a long year. Yeah, 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 true. Uh, no, DCL stocks have fallen, but I'm definitely investing because they're going to the moon next season. A uh, few murmurs that Arsenal have sorted it out with him and they just need to sort out a uh, transfer fee with Everton. So uh, there's one to keep your eye on, Cookie Monsters. And from Burnley, I'm taking Dwight McNeil. I think his career stagnated a little bit, but I think a, uh, another Premier, most Premier League team, definitely a Premier League player. Uh, I even think maybe for one of the top teams, he could do a good job as a, as a modern left-back. I uh, could definitely see Guardiola taking him to City and, and he's got that defensive now so you've got to have that in uh, in a Sean Dyche team and yeah, why not? He's got the uh, abilities going forward to maybe be a modern fullback for one of the top league sides as well. So yeah, Dwight McNeil and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, they're my two. And then Jim, just to yeah. flip it on its head, lad, I want to hear the ones that you'd pick. Well, I've actually gone different to both of you because I am the, a lover of a defender and I've Built gone different. for... Ben Godfrey, huge admirer of him. Thought he was great at Norwich, still a great at Everton. Um, and for Burnley, I think he's by far the best player, um, James Tarkovsky. He's just a brilliant defender, and I think he's there's value to be had there for a team next season. Not necessarily maybe a top six side, but he's definitely not a championship defender in my eyes. No, I think, I think, I think his contract's up in the summer as well. So uh, oh, Newcastle. Oh, 
Newcastle that one's made. Fast. Good that one's Welcome back, Cookie Monsters, to Who Am I? Woo! The best Woo. part of the pod, some say. I'll say it. Um, just the one for you both this week. Stan versus Cook, head-to-head. Five clues, as usual. Um, straight into it. First clue is the classic. I was born on... 30th of January 1981, making me 41. Morton Gantz Pedersen. Benny McCarthy, sticking with the Blackburn. Yes. <laughs> Two great Northern legends, but none correct there. None correct in the first <sighs> time. I would be annoyed if you got that because I've just done four of the clues just for you to guess on the birthday. That's a bit annoying, isn't it? Um, Has happened before. Number two. Number two is a bit of a niche fact. Maybe one of you know this. I was the first ever player to reach 10 goals for England within a single calendar year. Do you mean England national team or in England? What? The England national team. No, it's not the, it's not the only 10 goals in England. <laughs> single year. Oh, right, yeah. One for the England national team. Sorry. Um, Do you mean Defoe, I say? A great guess, but... Oh, um, oh, Kevin Phillips. No, not Kevin Phillips. On to question number three. Clue number three, sorry, for three points. I have played in the Championship for Norwich and the Champions League for Liverpool. Right. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Played in the Championship for Norwich and the Champions League for Liverpool. Yes, sir. God, that's uh, that's a Mr. Tuffy. Um, <laughs> it's a Mr. Tuffy. <laughs> ten, goals, ten goals for England in the calendar year. So, Cook, it'll be about two foul, early mid-2000s when he's when he's there, 20-odd. Come on. English Liverpool players from that era. Although he might have been one of them where he's played fucking 15 minutes when he was 18 and then left. Yeah. Um, I can't even have a guess of Norwich forwards from that era, apart from uh, Darren Huckabee, who I don't think ever played for Liverpool. He's a Man City legend, actually. So uh, yeah. no, it was nice, man. I'm not sure he's English either. <laughs> How did he start taking all to England then? I'm confused. No, Darren Huckabee. Oh, Darren Huckabee. Oh, fuck me. I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I feel like he isn't. Um, I'm going to have a guess, but it's, it's definitely wrong. Damien Francis. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that sounds like a default on clubs I've never heard of him. No, Stan, <laughs> I bet Stan knows who that is. I bet Stan knows who he, he beat us 1-0 one year and he scored. Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Centre mid. Played in there with Huckabee. Um, this yeah. might give you more of a, a, an idea. Um, here we go. Clue number four. So listen closely. I have scored the same amount of headed Premier League goals as Diego Costa has total Premier League goals. Crouch. Ah, Crouchy. Oh, Both fucking hell, yeah. Right of course. Of course. He had Crouchy. He had a purple patch for England, if you remember rightly. The robot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, the robot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Peter Crouch. No, I didn't know. 
He's got 53, or 52, I think it is, Premier League heavy goals, obviously the most of all time. That's the same as Diego Costa's total. Wow. Peter Crouch, I didn't know he played for Norwich, so yeah, it would have took me a while. Say what, some going from Costa, isn't it? It it is. But also, (laughs) some going from Peter Crouch, who is in the 100 club, some forget. Yeah, three three seasons, Costa was at Chelsea and one of them, he was fucking shit. (laughs) But the other two, very good. Yeah, the other two won the prime. He was. Well, I've been listening to a lot of um, old episodes of that, uh, the Peter Crouch podcast. So I had to do him for today. He's been getting me free work. And my um, my last clue was that um, when asked what it would be if he wasn't a footballer, famously answered, he'd be single. <laughs> or it'd be a virgin, did he say something like yeah, that? Yeah, he said a virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same bloody thing. Right, hello and welcome back. And uh, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We are very Premier League-centric as a Premier League podcast anyway, but we're going to drop one division. We're going to go down to the Championship, which is a brilliant uh, division. You know, if you've never watched it, if you do have any American friends, you know, it is incredibly competitive, as we are about to talk about. It's very tight uh, in certain areas. And there is a playoff as well. So, you know, something that you can maybe relate to over the pond. So what we're going to talk about, Cook and Jim, is... Um, well who's coming up who's going to be in the Premier League next season we've spoken enough about who's going to go down in the Premier League throughout the season uh, which is chopped and changed and may continue to before now and the end of the season but Cook who do you think's coming up obviously we've got two that come up automatically for anybody that doesn't know first and second obviously and then third to six uh, there are a Two playoff uh, semis and then there's a playoff final and the winner of that comes up as the third team so Cook do you want to go first yeah, boring answer, top of the league, Fulham, already been paid out with the bookmakers uh, to go up, so that says it all about them. Yeah. So if you've got a bet on Fulham to go up, check, you'll have a nice little tick next to it. Uh, <laughs> following them up, Bournemouth, I hate to say it, but they'll be back in the Prem, really didn't like them when they was in the Prem last time, bit of a bogey team for us, and they're just well far away with a really small ground so I don't really want them to come back to the Prem unfortunately but they are going to come back I would love Blackburn Rovers to come up via the playoffs but unfortunately I don't think it'll happen and I think Nottingham Forest will come up Right so you all three are Fulham Bournemouth Forest then which is yeah. the second and third so uh, which going with tends to happen Yeah doesn't tend to happen that it does. It doesn't. I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Cook's gone for first, second, and third as of right now with six, seven games to play. Uh, yeah, Forest playing really well at the moment as well. Like that's why I've, I can't discredit them. A lot of people think that they may even leapfrog Bournemouth on the on the way up. The six points behind, and I think there's seven games left. But they're, they're playing really well, Forest. And since they sat manager Chris Uton, they've they've honestly gone from a team that was similar to Man United in terms of they, they would have wanted the season to end tomorrow. But I tell you what, Stan, your boy's having a good season there. Yeah, James Joey. Garner. Yeah, yeah. Joey then, James. Yeah, Joe Garner, I think he was at, he was at, um, he was at Wigan, wasn't he? Very um, big footballing name. Um, yeah, doing really well. Uh, and expecting back at United next season. Uh, he's had a couple of years there now. 
Um, and yeah, developed really well. I mean, I wouldn't have minded him last summer coming back. I mean, I still wouldn't mind him coming back tomorrow if it got announced, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no, definitely one for them next season. And yeah, maybe be playing against Forest in the Premier League next season, Cook, if uh, you are right. Jim, do you want to tell us yours? Um, yeah, I think they paid out rightfully on form. I think just too good for that champ- championship. Although the last few times they've been in the Premier League they've just been one of them teams that everyone's rolled over so I hope they do improve next season in the Premier League but it is seeming that Michael Silva is a good coach maybe Watford's tacked him too early um, and yeah it's really boring but I think Bournemouth will come up and I kind of hope they do come up because I don't mind Bournemouth and I'd really like Scott Parker I think he deserves another crack in the Premier League um, I thought towards the end of his, his reign there in the Premier League when they did get relegated I thought he showed a lot of promise and this could be a bit of a stepping stone for him um, if he does well next season. And I could see Bournemouth being one of them teams that come up and you expect to fight relegation. But instead, they do maybe like a like a Brentford almost or like a Wolves and they're actually flowing more with mid-table than, than relegation because they've got some talented players and a talented coach. And then the playoffs is, this is why the championship is such a tough league to get out of because... It's so tight that like, I think you can go all the way, way back to QPR in 11th um, and think these could all go up um, if the games go right for him. I think I would like to see... I'd like to see someone different. I'd like to see Luton come up. Um, they wasn't in League 2 not that long ago, I don't think. So that would be a really good story, I think. And um, they've got Cameron Jerome front. So for them two reasons, get them up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, Fulham are up for all three of us. Um, I'm going to go something slightly different. I'm going to go with what Cook mentioned before, and I'm going to say that Forrest actually leapfrogged Bournemouth eventually. Although, as much as I do like Scott Parker, and I think he was probably deserving of a Prem job, or at least a go of a Prem job, um, despite getting relegated, I thought he showed um, a lot of promise. Um, but yeah, I think Forrest are going to do them. I think they play them second to last game of the season, which could come... You know, massive six-pointer there. So uh, I'm going to back Forrest to go all the way. Like Cook said, change your manager, change your direction for the season. And your Forrest are just a classic team. Obviously, we all know about Brian Clough and the European Cups. And it would just be uh, nice to have them back in the league. Obviously, they were there in the first league of the Premier League 20, 30 years ago it is now. Um, 30 years ago it is. I always say, oh no, yeah, 30 years ago. I always think the 90s were 20 years ago. Uh, they're not. Um, Fulham, Forest, and then I'm going to go with Jim. I'm going to go with Luton, just for somebody different, uh, playing in League One not so long ago at all, all the way through into the Premier League. Um, different team to I've play. Let's see the, how they do. I've actually got the story up here, Stan. Um, Luton oh, is as recent as 2013-14. That's the season they won the Conference Premier title with seven games to spur, and they returned to the Football League in 2014. After that, they reached the playoffs and he was beaten by Blackpool on the, in the semi-final, 6-5 on aggregate. Um, the next season after that, they finished League One as runners-up, so they got promoted. And then they achieved second successive promotion in 18-19 after winning the League One title. So their rise has been in the space of the last eight years from conference to potentially Premier League. And I think that's just a great story. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. Definitely want them to come up, Luton to come up. Uh, yeah, Fulham, which, you know, heart goes out to Brian McBride and all those, uh, Lewis Beaumarte and that classic Premier League team. Um, all the way all the way down to Breda Hangland and the boys later on. 
And uh, yeah, Forest, Brian Clough, classic English football team. And uh, Luton, why not for the new team? Uh, Forest and Luton, obviously we've not seen them, well, in my lifetime. Definitely not Forest anyway. Uh, yeah, so different teams to play. Why not cut? Let's get all the different ones up. Yeah. We've had uh, Brentford this year and it's been a breath of fresh air. So why not? Somebody else. Yeah, we've already had Huddersfield as well and they currently sit fourth, which they could yeah. be making a, a return to the Premier League after three years away. Little Huddersfield. What about, what about Millwall Cup? Millwall West Ham next season? Millwall are there I'd as well. It, I'd love it to happen just for bother Green Street vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I don't, I don't want to see it. Millwall yeah. <laughs> As soon as the Rovers come up with Brett Barrett and Diaz. Yeah, Blackburn are up there with Fulham as well, where it's a classic Premier League team, all the way back to uh, Borough, David Dorn. Yeah, but I never liked Borough. I always thought they were dead fucking boring and United struggled quite. Then again, we struggled at Blackburn, to be fair. But no, I like, yeah, Brett Emerton and uh, Morton Gantz Pedersen. Benny McCarthy, like we mentioned before. So yeah, I like Blackburn. Good, good old Premier League team. Yak, yeah. Yeah, the Yak. Yeah, the yak. So two guy. So yeah, yeah. Good, good old fashioned Premier League team. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them back at all. Definitely. Does anybody else just think of um, like when they think of these teams, think like the old shootout cards and the match tacks, and just think what place did you have in them? <laughs> just trying to picture like, the two star, two star shiny. Yeah, I think like Pez when they were called fucking stupid names. Man red. I think <laughs> yeah, man red. Lancashire T- blue side and. Uh, yeah, Merseyside Blue. I wonder what Lancashire Athletic Wigan used to be called. We were London Blues. London Blue, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. London Lily Lily Whites. Little Lily Whites. What a game that was. <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> no, well, that's what Spurs were called, London Lily Whites. <laughs> yeah, and as Kyle likes to say, Conte's tricky Lily White. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, uh, yeah. If somebody went, if it was a quiz question, oh, what, what is uh, the shade of a Spurs top? It's something white. I don't think anybody would say Lily White. I don't think I've ever heard it before Kyle said that this season. So there you go. <laughs> what white would you have said? Durex, uh, not Durex. Durex condoms. <laughs> what am I in about Dulux? <laughs> Durex white, that's something else that cut. That's for a long yeah. time. Rib for your uh, pleasure. Or hers. <laughs> Dulux, get your hand out of the bloody gutter. Dulux. That dog. <laughs> Crisp white, something like that. Yeah, bright white, whatever. Um, trophyless, maybe. Right, listeners, like we said before, we're on a two-week hiatus. We're going to see the Easter Bunny going on holiday, recharging the batteries. So we hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. And this is also the time where you can keep up with the Cookie Pod boys on the social medias that we have, our Twitter and Insta, using the handle CookiePodcast1. That's at CookiePodcast, followed by the number one. If you want to listen to more of our podcast, maybe do a deep dive on some of the older ones, You know, if you're a freaking nerd, you can. I am a freaking nerd. I would do that. But yeah, just searching. That's the way the cookie crumbles wherever you get your pods. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at our host platform, Anchor FM. It's been episode 135, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. See you.